1: Rob Doster here. I got Jeff Goodman
2: with me. Hell no, John Fink. Are we still live? Field of 68 till I die. Oh, I'm sorry, man. I blacked out. Randolph Children. DJ Khaled, you know the big
1: DJ Khaled guy. Hands up and in. Goodman needs to be fired all the time. Josh Pascoe.
3: You're gonna beat people straight up. You know the deal. Drink responsibly tonight. I'll be
1: drinking with you.
2: Darrell McNeil.
1: From the bluest of the blue bloods to the smallest of the mid majors. This is Field of 68 after dark
3: hello and welcome into the first field of 68 after dark of the college basketball regular season and oh baby we are already in surviving advance mode in college basketball we had a lot to get to on the show today I'm John Martin I'm holding down tonight joined by field of 68 co-founder Rob Doster joined by college coach and veteran matt mccall gentlemen great to see you as always real quick housekeeping as we speak michigan state and james madison are in overtime uh and they are <laughs> fighting till the end here uh and, and what a, a game i don't believe many people suspected would be nearly this close uh and has given us really the only drama uh so far of the opening night of college basketball and that feels like a good place to start rob on social media all day long all you've seen is people basically complaining about how there's just nothing interesting happening on the first side of college basketball. You had a great kickoff with NFL. We know NBA does it big. College basketball consistently just does not have any premier marquee games. How big of a problem is this, and how do you address it?
1: I think it's a, it's a massive problem with the sport. I think that there are ways to be able to find a way to cut through. The noise that is, you know, the middle of the NFL season, the middle of the college basketball season, the end of uh, end of Major League Baseball playoffs, the start of the NBA season. There's so much going on in November and December in the sport that uh, the idea that we have to sit here and um, try to force our way into being excited about a lot of these bye games is something that seems like it's a little bit ridiculous <laughs> to me. Especially when we spent the end of October celebrating all of these exhibition games that were played that didn't matter right like why couldn't why couldn't illinois and kansas be played on the first day of the season is it because those guys didn't want uh those games to actually matter is it because they didn't want those games to count i know the answer it is uh, but it's just it's frustrating to me that we constantly have this conversation right and one of the things that i think um that i think needs to happen and, and matt you can weigh on on this uh we need to get the 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 coaches out of the decision making process when it comes to the schedules because part of the reason that we have this issue is that all of these coaches aren't going to want to play games that actually matter before they really feel like they know what they have with their team right and it it's the regular season man like you got to start playing games. College basketball is the only sport. We say we're going to have this soft opening because like, we don't want to be ready to play real games during the regular season. No, I made this point the other day. It's not like major league baseball teams play Double A teams in the first game of the regular season. It's not like you have the Lakers out here playing G league opponents in the first games of the regular season. Cause they want an easy way into the season. No, it's the regular season. It started play real games, man. Like it's, it's very frustrating that more and more, as these major networks divest themselves from college basketball, right? As the, the biggest media outlets in the United States of America find ways to, to, take college basketball programming off of their airwaves Uh, that we are sitting here saying, you know what, let's not have a great opening day. Let's not do something where we have the champions classic on the first day of the college basketball season. Let's not have good games. Let's sit here and pretend like Oregon playing Georgia in front of 223 people in Las Vegas in a neutral site <laughs> setting is what's good for the sport. And, and McCall, I know I'm on a rant here, but so I'll, I'll end it with this. Right. right? part of what makes college basketball incredible is the on-campus venues it's the excitement it's the emotion it's the student section it is playing in these unbelievable storied arenas right and the sterilization of all these marquee matchups uh by sending teams to neutral sites where you can't get any fans in the building like all that does is make you focus on the actual basketball and a lot of times like the actual basketball and the college basketball game really isn't all that pretty, you know. I just there's so many things that you can do to make this so much better. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, Am i rant this is the, the, my rant over. Especially, but
2: ice. but no, but like Rob, here's what That's I'll say. Record. Especially this early in the season, like no, like except us diehards that love it and we love it on the field of 68. Nobody's talking about college basketball tonight. Everyone's mm-hmm. still talking about uh sign-stealing gate with Michigan. When you turn on Sirius XM, it's all about college football. Who lost? Who won? What's going on? This like Nobody's talking about hoops. But if Purdue lined up and played Kansas tonight, somebody's talking about hoops. If yes. Michigan State, who's in a dogfight right now with James Madison <laughs> with a minute and 38 to go, lined up and played Kentucky, we're talking about college hoops. Like, even if you go back, you know, three, four years ago, whatever it was, when tonight everyone's playing on an aircraft carrier and they're playing outside, people are talking about college hoops. Right. I think the biggest thing is, and Rob, I think you bring up a great point in terms of taking the onus off the coach. The coaches are the ones that ultimately approve the schedules. I know there's sport oversights, there's athletic directors that a lot of times are involved in scheduling, but. The coaches, and especially the coaches that are so established, the the Izzos, the Selfs, the Caliparis, like all those guys that are just the veterans in this business, man, give us something on the first night of college basketball to kick it off that brings excitement to get fans, you know, let's not wait till the Maui Classic, you know, before Thanksgiving. Let's not wait for, for feast week when finally there's some attention. And today was the first day. It was a Monday. It's November sixth. Now we we need some excitement right now. And no, there, there was, are was, there uh, is a Jets little bit Chargers, of excitement, right?
3: But it wasn't even a good Monday night gotta,
4: game.
2: We, no question. Nobody was watching the Jets Chargers. Everyone would be tuned into college basketball. So, I think you got to put a lot more on the coaches, and especially the veteran coaches that are established. They're not in year one you know they're they're you know yeah. hall of fame coaches line up the hall of fame coaches to play against each other just so we can get the season off on the right foot to just generate more buzz and more excitement around college basketball
3: one, one point i will make while we're just on this discussion and, and i do think it is a very pressing topic and i think you're exactly right matt like there is no buzz about college basketball today and there should be i mean it is the first day that it is actually happening but even in college football, you know Alabama's playing South Florida in the first week of the season. I mean, these 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 powerhouse programs, with the exception of maybe a game or two, like I you know I think uh, LSU played Florida State, you know, sort of in the in the opener of college football. But you look up and down the schedule, and there was a lot of you know a lot of weak games, um, and there are far fewer you know in college football. That goes to the football versus the basketball product. But I do think a good idea would be to just like let's form a you know, a singular, isolated event every single year that signifies this is the start of the season. And and if it's four teams, it's four teams, but make it four brands every single year and market the hell out of it. I thought it was a big problem tonight that most of these top 25 teams, like I had to I had to get on a streaming service, I had to go to a third-party app, I had to, you know, look all over the, you know, freaking internet to find them on a legal stream. You know, these games should be at
2: least televised in the, in the first day of the season. You know, that, let's start there. Well, here's the – well, John, here's the other thing. Think about this when college football starts nobody else is paying attention to really anything maybe major league baseball true, like maybe true, true. at that point in time like so yeah. it doesn't matter if alabama's playing south florida or you know clemson's playing uc upstate no nope, like they're, they're excited cuz that's the only thing that's gonna, the nfl that's hasn't point. even started like we're point. in the middle of college football season we're in the middle of it so what are we doing to generate buzz for the start of basketball season. It used to be Midnight Madness. It used to be right. October 15th or 17th. That was the day practice started. ESPN was coming into gyms, and they were celebrating Midnight Madness. That doesn't happen anymore. Some teams have Midnight Madness. Some teams don't. Some teams start practice this day. Other teams start this. We're going to have a Midnight Madness. There's no, like, Midnight Madness, like, throw it out the door. Like, that. That doesn't that doesn't exist anymore. So what are we doing on November 6th which is the first day of college basketball to generate buzz for our sport. And we're not doing much right now.
1: Well, now, we could Robbie, be having Kansas play Illinois. We could be having Purdue play Arkansas. We could have 15,000 crazy uh, Razorback fans doing the Woo Pig Suey" chant as they take down Zach Eadie and the Razorbacks. But no, we got to do that in the game. It doesn't count. We'd have Bill Self going back into Champaign and taking a loss. But, no, we got to do that in a situation where it doesn't count. Like, I don't understand how people can say those exhibition games are good for the sport when they could be happening right now. Why couldn't they? Why wouldn't they? Is it because coaches don't want to take those losses? It just – it's frustrating to me. By the way, James and, and, and Madison and is left in overtime.
2: A, and let me just say this from a coaching standpoint. Like, I, I understand it. Like, I get it. Um, yep. Especially for guys whose jobs may be on the line and you want to get off on the right foot. You want to – but there's a lot of guys out there that are already in the hall of fame that it's like, Hey man, let's, let's, let's do this. Let's generate buzz. Let's, let's celebrate the start of college basketball. Cause your job's not on the line. (laughs) Let's call it like it is like your job's So if you go, zero and one, Hey, you want to get off on the right foot, totally get it, understand it. But man, just to get some level of buzz around college basketball to start the season, because the way the rules are now like i said there's no midnight madness there's 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 no there's no aircraft carrier games anymore that was pretty cool to play in i had a, an opportunity to be a part of one it got canceled at the half cuz we had condensation on the floor but like I mean, th- those things are awesome it was awesome yeah there used
3: to be the like to your, there used to be the the 24 hours uh, around the clock right i mean we were getting games what happened you know in hawaii at 3 a.m. you know and it's still like, I think that's what's lacking, right? I mean, people talk about college basketball and they sort of try to reduce it. They call it a six-week sport. And I do think this is sort of the part where when your premier game today is Kansas State and USC, like, I mean, not to say that those teams can't, you know, make runs in the NCAA tournament, but that's just not enough. That's not enough on what is the kickoff. And I and I do think, you know, there 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 is an onus on, you know, whoever it may be i don't even want to like name anybody but you know they know who they are those coaches know who who sort of bear the responsibility for you know marketing this product essentially you know like you can't just sit back and say oh well they'll show up in february and march like you're playing games in november man you know you might as well do what you have to do to attract some eyeballs so uh i know it's not the the game that you know, we anticipated, but Michigan State and uh, James Madison, and this is sort of the what challenge because everybody has, they have a diff. We have a different latency here, so it looks like James Madison <laughs> is going to pull away from this with, with this thing. And I think that's a great place to take a break here. And, and when we come back, discuss the final results of this game, what it means for Michigan State. Um, you know, how devastating is this? and your in terms of your viewpoint for what this team can do this year. Top five team going down on night one potentially here. You're listening and you're watching the Field of 68 right here on YouTube on X back after this.
1: College basketball season kicks off this week, and There is no better way to get prepared for the wild finishes, the bad beats, and the total unpredictability of the sport that we all love than by purchasing access to the Almanac. A project that we at the Field of 68 partnered on with three-man weave heat check cbb and verbal commits unlike last season the almanac is no longer a pdf rather it is a website that features more than 1500 words on each and every one of the 362 division one teams in college basketball we wrote more than 800 000 words in total we spoke to every single division one head coach to get a feel for the rosters the rotation the projected starter lineups and what they think their team is going to look like this year for everyone From the bluest of the blue bloods to the smallest of the mid-majors they deserve to be covered like they matter and over at the almanac that is precisely what we do access costs just $19.99 for the year and can be purchased at the link in the description below and now back to our show we're driven by the search for better
0: but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed
3: Oh, and you guys thought it wasn't going to be a spicy night on night one of the college <laughs> basketball season. You guys thought that Field of 68 after dark wasn't going to have something to talk about other than no games happening. No, au contraire, my frere. It appears, barring a miracle, that we're going to have a top five upset on night one as James Madison is on the brink. Of beating number four ranked Michigan State at Michigan State, I believe that score is 78-74. Michigan has the Michigan State has the ball right now, but time is winding down. Let's we'll start with you, Matt. Um, obviously, this is just a nightmare uh, for the for the team that is ranked four in the country. If this result ho- holds, uh, how did this happen tonight for Michigan State? And I guess more importantly for James Madison.
2: Well, well, first of all, it's not a nightmare, John. Let's let, let's start there. I mean, James Madison's a very, very good team. Mark is a really good coach. You're talking about a team that won 22 games last year. That's picked to win the Sun Belt Conference. Edwards is a first-team All-League guy. Uh, Bickerstaff from BC had a hell of a night tonight. So. I wouldn't call it a nightmare. Is it a loss? Yes, it's a loss. Is it a loss to start the season? Mm-hmm. Yes, it's a loss to start the season. I'm not going to be the guy that's going to overreact tonight on the field of 68, but you can't go one for 20 from the three-point line. You can't go one for 20 from the three-point line. But this is a very good basketball team in James Madison. Mark Byington's a very good coach. They, I mean, like, Again, they won 22 games last year. so. I think when you look at Michigan State and you look at the numbers, I mean, one for twenty from the three-point line. You shoot five percent at home. Tough to win. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, you're, I, I think that
3: that.
1: Well, no, I just I I think that it's uh, it's it says a lot about um, I think the start of the season, right? And I think it says a lot about um. These the, the the guards that you have on that Michigan State roster, that was what we were expecting this team to be built around, right? Um, it was their backcourt. I think we had them ranked like fourth in the preseason in the best backcourts in college basketball. And Tyson Walker lived up to the hype tonight. Uh, he's got 35 points, three assists, six steals, 12 for 26 from the floor. Um, he's been the guy for the entire like last 15 minutes of this game in an overtime. Jay Nakins, two for 10 from the floor. AJ Hogart, two for 11 from the floor. I just, they don't have great interior depth. Like, there was a point in the second half where they were playing Cohen Carr, like a six foot four athlete at the five, right? Trying to figure some things out here. And uh, if you are not going to get great guard play on a team that is built around guard play, you're going to run into some problems. And I also think that it's a little bit of an issue um, that, you know, I, I, it's not an issue, but I do want to give some credit to Tom is there. Like the one thing that you can say about him is like, we, we criticize a lot of coaches for, uh, not playing some of these games. Um, he brought, he brought a team that's picked to wing, the Sun Belt into his building. Like how many, how many other teams right. did that? Right. right? right. I, I don't, I don't want to like sit here and say like, it's the worst loss in the world, because maybe that means that, you know, Juwan Howard's not going to bring some team that has a chance to beat him into their building. The first game of the season, you're not going to get some of these things. Um, available and man it's uh
2: we have something to talk about i can't believe we're time gonna time. do it i can't believe uh, we're do we, it we, man we, is this actually gonna happen we, got, we have something to talk yeah. about on night one we have something no, to talk was, about I, we're we're, we're, I, we're too consumed with the games we don't have we got a game we got a game first two good right. teams it's, playing. it's
3: not it's not the one we anticipated but that is the beauty of college basketball like these teams come out of and, and James Madison's not out of nowhere as you guys said like they're picked to win their league no. and, and I respect what you're saying I respect what you're saying Matt in terms of uh you know James Madison your people are going to see it and they're going to react to the the sheer result and the name and you're exactly right like from a from a 30,000 mile view like this in all likelihood what do we know about time like it's gonna be fine right Potentially. Um, So let's just sort of zoom out a little bit. Let's zoom out a little bit from the right. So
1: now that this game is officially over, can I give you guys a, a factoid? Michigan State is the first AP top five team to open a season at home against an unranked opponent and lose since number four, Kentucky lost to Western Kentucky on the opening night in 2001. How about that? It's been so, 22 uh, years That's a top who was on five that Western team Kentucky lost team. At home. <laughs> uh, I have no idea. I couldn't tell you that. But how about that for a they're fact? Legends, whoever they are, they,
2: they they're years. legends
5: forever now. Was it?
2: Was it, was it <laughs> Patrick Sparks? Was it? Wasn't Patrick Sparks? That's two know he was after now. that.
3: Been, you know, sorry, nine years old here. But um, <laughs> it, 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 in terms of Michigan State, from a from a from an aerial view. What you saw tonight, and again, we know what Tom Izzo does. He gets his teams ready to play in March, and they just find ways to win. But that, like, I, I can't see out of my right eye. Like, I got—I told my wife I got to get an eye patch because they shot my eyeball out from from three. Like, how can you expect to win in basketball in 2023 when you go five percent or whatever it ended up from three,
2: Matt? You—you you can't. Like it, it, I mean, it's the name of the game is putting the ball through the basket. And the other thing, too, is is just the lack of balance. I mean, Tyson Walker took 26 shots. You know, the next guy was Hall, who only took 12. So they, they've got to have more offensive balance. And as good as Walker is and as good of a scorer as he is and as elite as he is, there's got to be more balance top to bottom. He can't shoot 26 shots. them get to where they want to get to as a team he's not going to average 26 shots a night I know at the end of the game he was trying to will his team to victory he did a lot of different things he had six steals in the game as well but they've just got to have more balance across the board those other guys got to play better you know I know Hogard you know him and Izzo and 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 they've talked about their relationship and Izzo has coached him hard he's been open about that he's made comments about that he's got to play better He's got to play better. You want to be an all-league guy in the Big Ten, you know, you've got to play better, especially on night one. And I think the biggest thing, too, is, is is for Coach Izzo and all these coaches tonight, It's like it's almost like this barometer of, okay, where are we? Where do we have to get better? Clearly, they've got to get in the gym more and shoot shots and get reps <laughs> and, you know, everybody. Because you can't, I mean, you know, and they're not going to go one for 20 every single night. Like, that's not going to happen. Right, I mean, they're going to have better shooting nights, but you know, to, how to, much? To let me ask you team. guys this:
1: how How much does this change your view on what Michigan State ceiling can be? Like, do you still see this team as a potential Final Four team, as a potential Big Ten champion, as a potential team that can win a national title? Like, that's what we thought they were coming into the year. Are you still there?
2: I mean, I didn't, yeah, I, I, I honestly who's, who's calling plays.
3: That's the default setting. But, man, it's hard to get that image out of your mind when you see them do that at home in terms of the shooting performance. I mean, and they also have, like you guys said, I mean, Tyson Walker was a a hero tonight. Like, that dude did everything. And maybe he's sort of the face of it. Maybe he can drag him, you know, but I don't know. I don't know. I would say say I'm downgrading Michigan State. I'm downgrading Michigan State tonight. Uh, I don't think they're a top five team right now. Maybe they can be that by the end of the year, but I do I I do believe they have some soul searching to do. Moving forward, there were some teams that did handle business tonight. Some teams that we consider to be contenders, including of course uh, the Almanacs, number one team in the country, uh, as well as Purdue. Was there a team that stood out sort of more so to you, Rob, uh, of the contenders? Was there a performance that you know felt uh, like it stood above the rest?
1: Uh, I think it was the guy that stands above the rest of everybody else. And that's, uh, I think, Zach Eadie and Purdue. Um, I looked up at one point and it was 21 to one against the good Sanford team. Um, They were up. I think it was like 40 in the first half. They ended up winning 98 to 45. And, you know, that's not a bad Sanford team that that Purdue ended up playing. And uh, to be able to just – Completely rip a team's uh, soul out in the first five minutes of a game like that, I think says a lot about what Purdue uh, is think what was thinking about this entire offseason. right? And I think it shows you the the level of difference between where Purdue is right now, or where Michigan State is right now. Because the craziest thing about it is, Michigan State was the third best three point shooting team in college basketball last year, and they only lost one guy from their rotation. Right? They lost Joey Hauser. Did it really change that much with what they were doing last year versus this year? Whereas you look at Purdue and they just come out and it's the same kind of steamrolled thing, right? Yes, they got uh Trey Kaufman Penn in there, and yes, they got Lance Jones in there. Um, mm-hmm. and yes, they looked like they might be a little bit more athletic. And maybe we uh we all kind of underrated the leap that Braden Smith and um and Fletcher Lawyer would take from their freshman to sophomore seasons, but Purdue just looked like an absolute buzzsaw against the kind of team like look, Sanford is the kind of team that Fairleigh Dickinson is. They want to play buckyball. Yep. They want to get up and press you. They want to try to force turnovers. They want to shoot a bunch of threes. They want to pace in space. They want to do all that. And Purdue just completely suffocated them in the first five minutes of the game. It was over. It was over. In, by the, the first TV timeout, that game was over.
2: Yep. Yeah, the, the O for 13 start by Sanford from behind the three-point arc was not the mm-hmm. uh, buckyball that we're all used to. And he's a terrific coach. And he's done an unbelievable job there. But um I I I agree with Rob I think it was the most uh, you know impressive performance of the night I think if Purdue doesn't lose in the first round of the NCAA tournament and I get it they did and that's a big storyline and we all have to talk about it I understand that we we have them as the number one team in the country I I really believe that because of what they did last year and what they brought back you're talking about a team that spent seven weeks as the number one team in the country and Matt Painter has spent the entire offseason looking at why did we lose in the first round? Why do we keep losing in the first round? Because if they would have played FDU earlier in the year, they would have beat them by 40, right? Much like they did tonight. So what's the issue? What do we got fixed as so we can win more games in March? But had they not lose lost in the first round last year, they're the number one team in the country. With everything that they have back, with the national player of the year back, the way that they performed tonight, you're picking them number one. At least I am. That, that, that's how I'm looking at them. They're the number one team in the country.
3: Yeah. Uh, Duke, of course, who we've discussed here on the show uh, for their part, 92-54 over Dartmouth. Kyle Filipowski says, no hips, no problem. Hips don't lie. He's back 25-7 and in and 27 minutes. But it wasn't just about – Kyle Filipowski tonight it was Jeremy Roach chipping in with 14 it was Caleb Foster at 15 Tyrese Proctor had eight and eight Rob is that Duke at their best when it looks that balanced I know every night it's not going to be Dartmouth but man it was it was really everybody tonight for them
1: yeah and, and they didn't even have Mark Mitchell tonight so you didn't even get to see the full uh the full Duke experience if you will they just they have a lot of really good guards um, it'll be interesting to see what happens as those freshman guards kind of get thrown into more difficult matchups. We are going to be down there um, when they play Arizona, who uh, is currently up 115 to 40 on Morgan State right now. Um, and, th- you know, that's, a, that's that a, a lot older. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a lot of points. That's an older Arizona team. So I will be curious to see how those freshman guards kind of hold up. Um, but, I mean, Duke is Duke for a reason. We had them as number one on, in the almanac for a reason, right? And uh, as yep. long as Randolph Childress didn't get on the broadcast there and start comparing to Kyle Philipowski to Giannis again, I think that we're going to be just fine seeing Duke uh, <laughs> go out there and blow some people out. I, You know what? I, I got a bigger question about um, about North Carolina tonight because, I look, I, I knew we were going to have questions about them defensively, but those Radford guards got literally anywhere that they wanted to get to for about the first 35 minutes of the game then they kind of ran out of gas and and north carolina won by 16 but that was not the uh the most inspiring performance i've ever seen from the tar heels
2: which you would think kind of like purdue did like you would think carolina would come out tonight and play completely inspired Mm -hmm. right and Mm -hmm. hey listen we're, we're now give darius nichols his his team credit he's a terrific coach he's done a great job at radford um but you would think like like the Tar Heels would have an edge. And we went through some, you know, things in the offseason, but we're coming out here and we're going to play this game inspired. And that just didn't seem like that was the case. And maybe they were overlooking Radford, which you shouldn't, who's a good team, who wins a lot of games, uh, especially under Coach Nichols. But you, you didn't see that from them tonight at all.
1: Yeah, we're yeah, bearing uh, the lead, though. John, you know what the biggest story was in the ACC tonight? Was that – Louisville, Louisville won. Louisville oh, beat in America
3: Dude, Matt told us, of course they won. You have to have faith in Kenny Payne. He's the man for the job. He has a lifetime extension. I, I always you had to knew he would pull had to go there. Who Yeah. Who, go who there. was it tonight? Who was it tonight? It was. uh It was Southwest Community College. Is that who they got to win over tonight?
1: Yeah, UMBC, you, you put some,
3: some
2: respect go. on UMBC. Oh, that's right, that's right.
3: That's right. Hey, they almost yeah. made history again.
2: Let's talk <laughs> was, about another actually, team I, from the state of Kentucky. Let's. Can we talk about the Wildcats? Can we move yes, on to yes. them? Do I, we have to stick with Louisville? Because Louisville won. Yeah. They're 1-0. They're one and they they did not one and one. They're one and true. So let's
3: move on. We cannot. We can't have the Kenny Payne discussion if he wins, right? I mean, that's not really
2: fair, you know, (laughs) to the whole.
3: You got to have a little bit of integrity,
2: you know. Right now, in this season, he has more wins than Tom Izzo. (laughs) Retire right now. Not wrong. Just retire just retired. Walk away. You can't argue it.
4: It's uh, not going to be better was
2: Reed than. I, I, but I want to talk about the Wildcats. I want to talk about the Wildcats. And I know they play yeah, so New Mexico State, who's in completely rebuilding mode and everything that they went through last year. So we got to take it for a grain of salt. But man, I, I thought Reed Shepard was just absolutely outstanding. Just his ability Let, to defend, take, take make it, plays, do all those.
3: I was going to say, let's do that. Let's take a break uh, because every every single year, Rob Doster is down on Kentucky every single year just doubts them right uh doesn't think they can do it and they get they give rob doster a 40 ball on night one is it enough has rob doster seen enough is he a convinced and changed man we'll ask him when we come back you of course watching field of 68 after dark on x on youtube we'll be back
1: if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet Use the bonus code FIELD200 and you will receive $200 in bonus bets instantly when placing your first wager of at least $10 with BetMGM. Here's what you got to do. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD200. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game regardless of sport. You will receive $200 in bonus bets regardless of the outcome of your wager. Just make sure that you use the bonus code field 200 when you sign up and remember bet mgm is now available under one wallet in select states as a new jersey resident this is super convenient for me when i have to go cover games in new york or philly when cross the state borders just log into your existing account instead of having to create new accounts in each state that you go to and most importantly i gotta let you know we do have some fun stuff coming up for this college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odds boosts, my personal favorite, parlay odds boosts. So download the Bet MGM app today. Welcome back to the Field of
3: 68 After Dark here on the opening night of the college basketball season. And we got fireworks, baby. Michigan State, number four in the country, goes down. James Madison at the house maybe an update uh coming soon on that outcome but uh until then Kentucky gets the job done 86 to 46 in their opener before we went to break Matt you were just talking about the performance of Reed Shepard what did he show you tonight and and is it a performance that could maybe be a precursor to one of these deep Kentucky runs we haven't had in a while
2: Well, I think, you know, first of all, he comes off the bench and he grabs five rebounds. He has 12 points off the bench. Just defensively, I think he changes the game a little bit. I think he's a willing defender. I think he takes pride in that. He wants to pick the ball up full court when he has opportunities. But I think the balance for Kentucky's team, you know, putting four guys in double figures, Trey Mitchell goes for nine and nine and five assists. So almost five guys in double figures. I just thought the balance offensively for them, they just looked like – the Kentucky of old, like Cal's teams. I thought DJ Wagner did some great things. I thought Edwards did some great things. It's just young players within their program that this team is going to grow and it's going to develop. I think the biggest question mark is, you know, if they get Big Z back, if they get these seven-footers back, where are they going to play Trey Mitchell? Because when you play him at the five spot, he's such a mismatch problem because he can pick and pop and make threes. When you slide him over to the floor, like we talked about last week, what are we doing pick and roll coverage wise? Because he just causes so many different problems at the five, four teams when he's on offense because of his ability to pass. I mean, he was catching on the perimeter, ball faking, driving, dunking at the end of the game. But I thought those young guards showed a lot of development. And I was really, really impressed with them today.
1: Yeah, I I 100% agree. Like we, we, we know how good those Kentucky guards have a chance to be, right? Um, My question was never whether or not they had the talent. The question was, how well are a group of freshmen going to be able to adjust to playing college basketball in an era where you have 23, 24, 25, sometimes 26-year-olds on these other teams, right? And I think the early returns are fantastic. I love that Cal is leaning into – uh playing pace and space right like how when was the last time you saw john calipari run an offense that was five out with your five man trey mitchell basically right. doing all the DHOs, all the dribble handoffs um running offense through him uh pulling him away from the room they, they're for like the first 25 minutes of the game there was literally nobody in the paint for kentucky if they didn't drive there and uh that is modern basketball that is what you have to do to be able to win in this day and age and I don't think I ever would have thought that we would see that from a John Calipari coach team. And we did. So that's, that is something to monitor. Now, all that said, it's also New Mexico state. So uh, I think we'll get a much better feel for what Kentucky's going to be next Tuesday when we see him in the champions classic. Um, but it was impressive. And the last thing I want to note is that, uh, we 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 talk about these guards and they put five, they had five guards go for double figures tonight right we didn't even mention robert dillingham 17 points five boards three assists two steals uh but jordan burks a guy that no one really talked about in that freshman class came off the bench seven points three offensive rebounds in 11 minutes provided a little bit of a spark um we don't know when any of those three, Big Z, Aaron Bradshaw, Ugana yeso we don't know when any of those guys are going to actually be back, right? We're waiting for an NCAA ruling on Big Z. Um, Aaron Bradshaw is a seven-footer with a foot problem, which is never a good thing. And on Yeso, I think Cal said tonight uh, we you have a couple, like three or four more re- weeks before he returns to practice, which probably gets you back to the first of the year at least until he gets back in the game. So – um jordan burke stepping in and being able to provide energy and make things happen on the offensive glass i think is really big for kentucky
3: yeah just one last point on this um you know because i i assume there's just the nature of kentucky fans is there is a probably natural restlessness i mean it's been you know quite some time since they made that that final four run so matt i would just ask you sort of in terms of you know what that fan base expects. You know, you know what Kentucky has and you know how talented the roster is. So what what does this team need to do? I mean, what is realistic for them in terms of ambition? I mean, should they should they just say, "Hey, we've got the talent. We can we can cut the nets down. We've always played this way. We've done it before." I mean, what's a realistic ambition for them uh, with, with what they've got?
2: Well, I think the first thing is, is competing for an SEC championship. I mean, Kentucky for a number of years has always been the standard and the league has gotten better. I mean, the league, you know, when you think of Tennessee, where Texas A&M's at right now, they may have the best player in the league on paper going into the season. Uh, You're still playing against Bruce Pearl every single night at Auburn. I mean, you look, I mean, it's just top to bottom. The league has gotten better. I think when Cal you know, first came into the league, it was kind of, Hey, Florida and Kentucky, let's let's battle it out and let's see who's there. And it's not that way anymore. And uh, mm-hmm. I think first and foremost, it's, can we compete for an SEC championship? I think they have the roster to be able to do that. Rob just brought up Dillingham, he an unbelievable game tonight in only 19 yep. minutes, you know, so those young guards and their development. And then if they do get one of these front court players back and back into the lineup, gives them some versatility. Uh, but I love the spacing on offense. I love how they played tonight, but I think the first goal is competing for an SEC championship, getting that back for Kentucky, yep. being at the highest level in the league. And then yep. in the NCAA tournament, listen, I know Kentucky fans are fully yep. expecting them to get out of the first round or first weekend. You know, they're, they're not happy with them losing in the first round. They're not happy with them losing in the second round. Shoot, are they ever happy? Are they happy with them losing in the Sweet 16? I don't don't know. Is it Final (laughs) Four or Bust? But uh, I think competing for an SEC championship is first. And then what's their seed? Higher seed. Who are they playing? What's the matchup? But if they get one of these big guys back, it does give them some versatility to be able to play different ways. Absolutely.
3: Uh, On to the reigning national champs. They were in action tonight. Our first look at them. Uh, they roll Northern Arizona 95 to 52. Rob, it's always like an interesting dynamic to me because, you know, yeah, they lost, you know, Sanogo uh, and they lost Jordan Hawkins, but they do bring back, you know, so many of those ingredients. So what is sort of the dynamic when, you know, you won a championship last year and, you know, 40 to 50% of your production is back. Like should the expectations maybe be even higher for this Huskies team?
1: uh I, I mean how can you get higher than national championship um no i i, I think I, I think they're,
3: that they are, they're five spots. they they're, they're gonna climb after four went down too mm-hmm.
1: yeah no right now, now they're moving into the top five I, i've i've said it before that i think that they're probably closer right now to a team that is like top 10 to top 12 than than you know in the in the top five um you know i think they're more of like a three seed than uh than a two seed um at this point but i i there's room to grow and uh the one thing that really stood out to me and i watched the first half of that game tonight the 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 one thing that really stood out to me was one alex Caraban is a dude nobody's talking about this guy enough he had 22 tonight he can really shoot it he's six foot eight he can put the ball on the floor a little bit um and the other part of it is is i think samson johnson is going to be a guy that can give you uh 15 to 18 minutes um a night and be really really effective doing it now i will tell you this John and uh this is part of my vaulted challenge to you guys tonight because if you look at the uh the bet odds right now Marquette is plus 400 to win uh to win the big east regular season title in uh according to bet mGM which is astonishing to me considering that creighton and yukon are both uh considered to be the favorites over them marquette mm-hmm. brings back everybody right except for Omax. uh they bring back the Big East player of the year tyler kolak they bring back first team all-american tyler kolak eight of their top nine are returned. cam jones um had one of his best games uh tonight and and i just i don't understand how that team could be plus 400 so my vaulted challenge to you uh john martin is that I think Marquette is going to end up winning the Big East regular season title, which probably shouldn't be a hot take because they won it last year, but here we are. They're uh they're rated according to BetMGM as the third best team in the league. Is BetMGM just giving away free money? Is that what's happening here? Uh uh
3: no. I mean, I'm, I don't want Matt to get mad at me, man. Like Matt is like Matt is part of the fraternity, you know what I'm saying? So I have to like I feel like I'm a, a little bit in church. I have to like I have to mind what I say but uh no man that yeah you're you're donating which makes you a great samaritan you know i think there are better causes that you could donate to like your local you know shelter your local mission rob but you know if you want if, if you choose for this to be your cause man knock yourself out i will take your challenge happily my friend
1: well there we go happily. well there we go happily. Well, i think we need to keep a tracker all season <laughs> long on uh, how many times um, Matt McCall says uh, he's a really good coach during Field of 68 After Dark this year? This is a great um, still shot of right him, now. by the way.
2: Like- yeah,
1: but he—I he, don't know what happened, but he is frozen right now, taking the sip out of his uh, out of his cycle. So when, he, when, I think- he, uh, when he heard your when he heard your Boston, he, he he was
3: like he was getting a kick out of that man.
1: <laughs> it's a, it's
2: well, a great listen, bottle of water. Um,
1: <laughs> floridian um, John, Great listen, water I, it, I do think it looks like we're going to be able to get uh james madison head coach mark byington here um in just a couple of minutes uh so we'll see if we wouldn't win and where we actually get that in the meantime um where, where do you stand on just kind of the big 10 as a whole guys i want I, i'm curious for both of you right like we thought it was going to be a two-horse race with Purdue and Michigan State, and uh, everybody else was going to kind of be coming in um, behind them. But, you know, uh, look, maybe I shouldn't be changing the subject here at this point, but you know what really impressed me tonight? Wisconsin put up 105 points. Have you ever seen a Wisconsin team put up 105 points?
3: In three games.
0: <laughs> <Never>.
1: Exactly. <laughs>
0: Never.
3: Yeah, like, I mean – Hit the lottery up there, man. Go buy a ticket. Yeah,
2: again, I I think it's just I think too early to to pass judgment on Michigan State and where they end up. I know, you know, fans are difficult loss. Everything I I think they could still be, you know, at the top of the league at the end of the season. We'll see how it all plays out. Um, you know, Illinois, you know, they, they they had some battle in the beginning of that game, but. You know, they went on to win by, you know, whatever it was, 28. I think it went 80 to 52 tonight. So um, I think the league at a whole, you know, Rutgers goes down to to Princeton who went to the Sweet 16 last year. I wouldn't say that's quote-unquote a bad loss. I think Princeton's a really good team. I don't think we give the mid-majors enough credit when they beat some of the high-major teams. I really don't. I mean, Princeton's a really good team. James Madison's a really good team. So – uh, you know, are we sounding the alarm on the Big Ten? Don, I think it's way too early. I, I think we need to give those teams credit that that beat big teams, the Big Ten teams tonight. I really do.
1: I'm. Um, yeah, I am are, uh, sounding the alarm on the Big Ten. I'm. I'm going to do it. You can. You can do. Uh, you don't have to do it. I'll be the one that takes the bullet on this one. The big. This is what the Big Ten always does, right? The Big Ten plays a style of basketball that uh, that that doesn't necessarily mesh with what the the modern game expects us, expects us to see and i think that that's coming into effect again so um if there is one favor that the big 10 is doing for us this year guys it's that they are uh they're imploding early so we don't have to hype them up throughout the entire season and i'll tell you who that's going to yeah. make very happy Terrence Oglesby. he's going to be thrilled that he's not going to have to hype up the big 10 all year long
2: yeah. he's still sticking it, on the is... take
1: <laughs> apparently <laughs>
3: we'll shift to big east well that will be that will be the big east this year there's no doubt about it we are uh hopefully very soon going to be joined by james madison coach uh mark Byington here momentarily obviously a lot to get into with him as he pulls off the upset of the year so far going into michigan state and coming out with a win against number four ranked spartan so we'll do that hopefully here very soon when we get back you're listening Two, and watching The Field of 68 after dark on YouTube on X back after this.
1: College basketball season kicks off this week, and there is no better way to get prepared for the wild finishes, the bad beats, and the total unpredictability of the sport that we all love than by purchasing access to the almanac, a project that we at The Field of 68 partnered on with three-man weave, heat checks, CBB, and verbal commits. Unlike last season, the Almanac is no longer a PDF. Rather, it is a website that features more than 1,500 words on each and every one of the 362 Division I teams in college basketball. We wrote more than 800,000 words in total. We spoke to every single Division I head coach to get a feel for the rosters, the rotation, the projected starter lineups, and what they think their team is going to look like this year. For everyone, From the bluest of the Blue Bloods to the smallest of the mid-majors, they deserve to be covered like they matter. And over at the Almanac, that is precisely what we do. Access costs just $19.99 for the year and can be purchased at the link in the description below. And now, back to our show.
3: Welcome back to the Field of 68 After Dark. We are on X. We are on YouTube. I'm John Martin. He's Rob Doster. He's Matt McCall. We're taking you through tonight, the first night of the college basketball regular season. Of course, the headline is the upset. Michigan State going down to James Madison. And we are uh, going to be joined here very soon by uh, the head coach of James Madison. Obviously, what a night for that program. Uh, Mark Byington is going to join us, and we'll get into just all the emotions, what that means for the program, and and, and how the game came to be, all that here uh, in just a little bit. There was a near miss, it felt like Rob, Uh, Wake Forest as a 19 and a half point favorite was down big in the first half, stormed back against Elon. Uh, You said you had a fact, what fact could you possibly have?
1: So they were down, Wake Forest was down by 20 in the first half, right? They were actually down by 21. And the amazing part of that is that they found a way to actually cover. They won by 23, it's the first time (laughs) in 15 years, that a team trailed by 20 points uh, and ended up winning the game at 20 points, which – That's a bad – hey, that's a brutal
3: beat for Elon, man. I mean, it really is because I'm sure (laughs) – like, I could could just put myself in that situation. Like, I'm partying. We're popping bottles. I got Elon plus 19 and a half. Like, no way.
5: (laughs) They're up by 21
1: in the first half. Yeah, hey, look, I hey, want to give a shout-out to Kim Horworth too. Like, everybody hyped him up as one of the breakout guys in college basketball this year. He had 33 points, six boards, five assists, 13 for 18 from the floor. Um, big night for him.
3: Yeah, it, if, I had, uh, if I had Elon, it would be uh, my first and my last night betting on college basketball. There's no question about that. <laughs> so, uh, okay, and uh, as promised, what a night – uh, for James Madison and that basketball program as they pull off a huge win uh, against Michigan State. One of the games of the year, uh, the coach, Mark Byington, is with us now. Coach, congratulations. Welcome to the show. How you feeling, man?
5: Yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, you know, it's a heck of a first night. And um, when that's your first night, you know, you can't make that your biggest game of the year. And um, But I want the guys to enjoy it. We just have tremendous respect. That was a heck of a game. You know, win or lose that it was a battle all the way through and and, and they threw their punches. We threw our punches and and luckily we got the last one in.
2: Coach, obviously to be able to, to go on the road and get a win went like that. I mean you guys are, you know, preseason pick to win the league. Just talk about the focus going into the game and especially going into overtime. Like what was the message in the huddle going into overtime in terms of hey guys, we're right here. We don't care what their ranking is. We have a chance and an opportunity to win this game.
5: Yeah, so the difficult part is I didn't know what to expect of my guys. I mean, it's the first game of the year. And, you know, you got to play in front of 15,000 people against a top five team. And we had a lot of lineups kind of going in and out throughout preseason. And we, and we were in tons of foul trouble tonight. And, um, you know, the thing about going into overtime, actually, I thought our guys had great juice to them. I thought they had great energy. You know, Tyson Walker is one of the best players in the country. He missed a shot, and I think it kind of gave us new life. And um, we came out in, in overtime and battled, got enough stops, and Raquan Horton hit a huge three. Uh, really proud of him, and um, I, I just love the courage our guys played with. If, if we were going to have any regrets, it wasn't going to be because we didn't play aggressive, we didn't play hard, and we didn't go after it. So we want to make sure we do that.
1: Coach, Rob Dawson here. There there was a moment uh, with about a minute and 26 seconds left in regulation. Uh, Noah Friedel got a loose ball, ended up getting it stolen by Tyson Walker, who goes in and makes a layup. They call a timeout. You guys go into the huddle. What are you telling your team there? It felt like that was momentum-changing possession and momentum-changing moment. How do you get your guys back on the same page uh, and and end up forcing overtime?
5: Yeah, so we've been on this, and I've been concerned with our team the past two weeks. I didn't know if we could be a next play team. And, um, you know, I wanted the guys, you know, to, to be resilient and to be a next play team, and, and that was a tough situation. I mean, they end up getting the steal, and, and um, you know, Noah Ferdell had a couple threes I thought he was going to make, and we're going to ride or die with him. And and then we still were able to bounce back and, and overcome it, and, and I love that. You know, I learned, I learned about some guys on my team tonight that I didn't know, um, we brought in six new players and five transfers and a freshman and all have contributed tonight. But I just didn't know what to expect of them in this situation. But I learned a lot a lot about them.
3: We have Mark Byington from James Madison as they go into East Lansing and upset number four ranked Michigan State in overtime, 79-76. Certainly the results of the year so far. Coach, I, I imagine that, you know, just just getting the games like this is is probably a, a, a battle within itself let alone winning them so uh do you expect you'll be able to get any more after this like is there like that oh man we meant nobody's gonna want to play us in the non-conference after a win like this
5: yeah we we had trouble um you know we were fortunate to beat uva two years ago and every kind of since that game we can't find many regional teams to play us and um you know, Coach Izzo doesn't care. I mean, he'll play the Lakers, the Knicks. He, I mean, his scheduling doesn't care. And, and we're, we're fortunate he gave us the opportunity. And uh, we would have learned a lot about our team, win or lose. And, but we don't get many opportunities from many people.
3: So, uh, and we'll let you run because we know you're busy. How are you celebrating tonight, man? Are you are you, you? got cigars in the locker room like the Raiders? How how are you celebrating?
5: Yeah, you know what? Uh, I'm going to disappoint you. Um, I'm going to go back <laughs> watch this tape. I'm gonna go start studying Kent State. We got a tough Kent State team on Thursday, and I'm doing my best not to drink during the season. So this is gonna test all that, but I'm, I'm trying
2: not to drink it all during the season. <laughs> hey, man, if there was I'll a have time one to for you, goal, Coach, don't worry about it. Co- yeah, c- no celebrate question. the wins, Coach. Celebrate the wins, man. That's yeah, right. I'll hey, catch uh, up in the
5: day summer day if go. I don't
3: celebrate tonight. Yeah. All right, thanks. Right. Congratulations. He is Mark right, Bindington there of James Madison as they go into East Lansing uh, and pull out the overtime win. I mean you got to make an exception, right? You know, just one. Just one sip, you know what I'm saying? That's a that's a that's a program yeah, I and maybe job defining win for him.
2: Yeah, you know what though? It's 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 kind of like he said, he's on to the next thing. He's worried about Kent State. I mean, you got to try to find a way to celebrate a little bit tonight, but his adrenaline's running through the roof after a win like that that man he'll he'll watch the tape try to dissect it he's going to wake up tomorrow and he's going to be concerned with, with Kent State that's the thing about college basketball there's there's no real time to celebrate it's hey listen we did this we're excited about this but tomorrow morning we're going to try to see what we got we're going to get corrected and then it's on to the next opponent so man i uh, you know uh, credit to him credit to his team and hopefully he takes just one second tonight to to enjoy that because Winning is hard and mm-hmm. you got to celebrate the wins.
3: You're going to have to, uh, you're going to have to wrestle with Pastner when he eventually decides to show up for one of these, you and him are going to have to <laughs> duke it out for who gets to say that, you know what I'm saying? Cause that's <laughs> like, that was like his trademark at Memphis was like how hard, and, and I, I don't disagree or that it, that it is, but you're going to have to you and him are going to absolutely have to uh you know have that out all right uh on to some other things before we get to our toast of the night we did have a few things set aside arkansas got a resounding win tonight they have sort of been robbed a trendy pick to win the sec uh so give me the number man arkansas will finish blank in the sec
1: uh i'm gonna to go top four um but I think that they very much have a chance to win. I think that the top – there's there's a tier of like five to six teams in the SEC that can't really separate themselves at this point. And, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll say top four.
2: Matt, how about you? Yeah, I mean, I think top four too. I, I mean, a team we haven't talked about from the SEC tonight either was Alabama and what they did against Moorhead State. I mean, Grant Nelson – all the way from North Dakota, I mean, he was absolutely outstanding tonight. So, you know, you got to look at them. You've got to uh, – we talked about Kentucky. You've got to think Tennessee, Texas a and I mean, you know, the top eight, nine teams in that league, I mean, it is going to be a battle. So, I think Arkansas could finish anywhere between one and four. I agree with Rob, but, man, Alabama looked pretty good tonight too.
1: So yeah, did Tennessee, know, so man. Did. you got to get some credit yeah, So did Tennessee. So
2: did Tennessee.
5: Yep.
3: Mm-hmm. Yep, uh, that's what so I was going to mention. That I mean, they they put up eighty. That's like that's like hundred and twenty over there. So uh, that is certainly a uh, that's that is a big that's a big development uh, for them. All right, one more. Matt, we'll start with you. Blank, conferences will be in the final four this season.
2: Wow, talk about a hot take. Blank, I'm going to go three. I'm going to go three different conferences will be in the final four this season. I think we get 2 from 1. I don't want to say Big East, Big 10. I maybe I have to throw ACC in there just for TO. I know he's tuning in right now. We don't want to upset him on the first <laughs> night of college basketball, but um I'm going to go I'm going to go 3. 3 conferences make the final 4.
1: Give me 4, man. Give me 4. It's going to be something we don't expect. We're going to get like one team from the Mountain West again, or we're going to get someone like uh like I don't know from the the colonial or something like that. There's going to be some random team out of nowhere that makes the final four this year that we're not going to expect. Um, that's the way it always happens.
2: Yeah. You know who gonna, else we didn't touch it. on tonight, guys? Okay. We, we there, 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 there was one team we didn't talk about tonight who just changed leagues. Who I don't think's getting enough credit, and I know they're ranked in the top ten, but Houston was pretty good tonight, eighty-four to thirty-one. We we we, we haven't talked about Houston at all in tonight's show, so don't and, and we won't shoulders.
3: because that's just sort of unfortunately the the product of it right they just kind of i think we take their consistency for granted a little bit um
4: and totally they, like let's
3: see what they do with big 12 but it, it i mean they're boa constrictors that's what they do they just wrap around you and they hold you to 32 points you know that's what they they they've always done it's what, probably what they always will do but i do think like hey yeah. big 12 is a significant step up between, from Tulane and tulsa every night
1: you know what's impressive about it to me um the the guys that we hyped up all offseason, LJ Cryer, Jamal Shedd, Terrence Arsenault, um, they combined for uh, for 19 points tonight. Emmanuel Sharp went for 20, and he's finally healthy. And he was a guy that that, uh, that staff was pretty excited about being able to get back. He had a couple bad injuries um, senior year in high school and last season. Damian Dunn, the transfer from Temple. Uh, had 18 points uh, and 17 minutes off the bench. So if they're actually able to get some scoring from other guys that aren't just the big-name players on that roster, like that's a – you know you're going to get a level of toughness in defense with Houston. Like that's – to me, that's what stood yeah. out. They had two guys that no one was talking about that went nuts.
3: All right. Uh, as we get out of here, let's do some quick toast. I mean, can we, can we all agree just for the first – show of the friggin season that it all we consensus toast of the night goes to the James Madison basketball program can we agree on that Mm -hmm. yes congratulations to coach Byington and his team for pulling that off obviously a, a great result uh some fireworks for the first uh game and the first night of college basketball of course we're here can we get a little,
1: little up to Princeton real quick first Princeton follows up their sweet 16 run by knocking off in-state rival Rutgers 68 to 61 right that's, that's a little that Jersey true. on Jersey violence that's, that's a home game for me we got to give them a little credit Mitch Anderson gotta give them a little credit, hey, go. yeah, a little credit yeah, following
3: it up absolutely we'll be here every night basically of the college basketball season right here on X on YouTube it is The Field of 68 After Dark. For Rob Doster, for Matt McCall, I'm John Martin. Thanks for joining us tonight. See you next time.
4: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality.